0: November is Epilepsy Awareness Month, and to be aware of epilepsy, most often you have to have it or know someone who does. Epilepsy affects 1 in 26 people within their lifetimes, which means almost 4% of everyone you know, and it might even be you, who's going to have to suffer and learn how to cope with epilepsy and seizures, drug therapies, and... Doctors trying to figure out what's wrong with you and the process might be easy and it might not. If you're like me, and you're the one in three of the one in 26, that means you are drug resistant. That means doctors are going to keep trying to like find reasons why you should keep trying their drugs and the side effects and all the problems that won't let you actually heal. So I highly recommend if you do not know about epilepsy, stay tuned and listen to this because we're going to educate you all about the ways of epilepsy kills the thrills. So. Photosensitivity epilepsy only occurs in one out of 832 of us. That means not very many of us uh, are triggered by the lights, the warnings, all these things that you see on the shows, video games. You know, we get triggered by light. So, basically, a one and a thousand chance that the you know neurologist, the doctor, whoever you go see, has seen someone like you with all the other epileptics. So you really gotta understand that, you know, epilepsy, there's a lot of types, there's a lot of rarities, a lot of things going on. Like I personally have stroke-like epilepsy after my meningitis, which really sucked in 2015, I got sick, I was freezing, it was horrible. I was wearing a scarf, it was 100 degrees outside. Can you imagine what it's like knowing it's 100 degrees outside, but you're freezing to death. And you try talking to the doctors, and they go in and they take your temperature, and you're 93 degrees, and they don't believe that's your real temperature. And you keep telling them I'm sick, there's something wrong with me, and they can't find anything wrong. They're like, oh, you must be depressed. Here's some antidepressants. I think it's allergies. I think it's sleep apnea. I think you're crazy. You're an asshole. I heard all kinds of stuff in the whole process of trying to be diagnosed with epilepsy. And what I realized is, I am my own best doctor, and I mean this because you are too. You know you, but you might not have the tools you need to be the best version of you, and I would really love to help you discover what it is that you need to be the best version of yourself from your epilepsy hell to epilepsy well. Hey, are you one in 26? Are you dealing with uncontrolled seizures, or do you know somebody who has epilepsy and you want to know more about epilepsy? Well, I'm Alma Wayne Myers. I'm a licensed acupuncturist. My license is inactive. I developed epilepsy five years into being a healthcare provider. And now that I've discovered repeatedly how to get my health back, I would like to share with you the misadventures and the trials and errors and everything that I have failed and repeatedly learned from and how you can Save all the time and suffering by listening and hanging in there. I've got messages that will help you better understand what's going on. I hope you enjoy yourself and have a wonderful day as best as you can. We'll be talking to you real soon. Hang in there. I'm pretty sure I'm really good at overcomplicating things. I mean, seriously. I think it's a skill set I've been working on my whole life. It's like, how do I make this harder on myself? Just. Over and over and over. It's exhausting. It really is. Um have been dying to talk to you guys for a while. Not literally, but you know, I've been wanting to talk. I've been dealing with um, kind of a rough week. Uh, the whole process and problem with being a solopreneur, which is basically somebody trying to build a business and a brand and awareness all by themselves, is you're doing it all by yourself. Man, it is exhausting. I, like, get going, I got momentum, and then, you know, I have something that trips me up, and it doesn't kill my momentum, it kills my ability to function. I mean, seizures are just the hardest thing to work through. And sometimes it takes a few days for your brain to turn on the way that you need it to before you can be a normal human being again. I remember seeing a post somewhere that was talking about how epilepsy is like so much harder for us than it is the people without. And basically it's like 10 times as hard for us to accomplish an event that somebody else could do. I mean, I recognize this because it used to be so easy to stand there and make these huge meals for like my friends and my family and my girlfriends and whoever was around, like I loved this and now I'm like so exhausted just trying to go out and make a sandwich trying to mix some stuff together you know on some stir-fry and just trying to figure out how to get something out of the fridge like sometimes it's just really really hard to figure out what I'm supposed to do and you know sometimes I realize I don't have the answer and the best answer is um, find somebody that can help you know, mentorships are an amazing way to find help. I personally am involved in a couple mentorships. mentorships. Um, they keep reminding me that I need to put in more effort into the ways that work the best, and don't overdo it in the ways where I'm wearing myself out. I really wore myself out this last week. I came to the realization after spending so much time trying to interact and promote with the uh, Epilepsy Foundation that they still are not open to any form of self-care communication. I literally got thrown out of the Epilepsy Foundation Advocacy Program for trying to ask for help with my reading epilepsy and getting some people to do some transcription for me in this advocacy group that we're all a part of. But since I'm not pushing drugs, and I made the statement that I'm a healthcare provider, I'm not allowed to talk about health, I'm not allowed to talk about fitness, I'm not allowed to talk about food, I'm not allowed to talk about anything because they're only allowed to talk to their doctors. And the problem with this mindset is that a third of us are gonna die if the doctors keep throwing drugs down our throats. We have drug-resistant epilepsy. And you give us these drugs and they give us these horrible seizures. They're the most god-awful thing you don't wanna go through. I seriously dare you neurologists to start experimenting with your seizure medication before you start giving it to people. Seriously, you need to know what the hell it does to us. So you know the torture you're giving to us and the crap constantly telling us, just take this drug, here's the next drug, take this. Here, you're not fixed and feeling better yet, but I got another drug to shove down your throat because I haven't destroyed your brain enough yet. I don't realize that I don't have the answers. I'm telling you, these doctors have just destroyed, destroyed me over the years, called me crazy, made me mad, angry, frustrated, confused, destroyed my health, asked me to stop taking care of myself so I could get worse, and I did, and they still failed. All they had was here's some antidepressants, and I'm not depressed. I'm having seizures, I'm confused, and I have seizure rage. And these people don't want to listen. They don't want to believe it. They can't see it. They don't want to be around. They don't want to be involved It's too much. They're like, it's not real. It's not real, my world. You're not real. You don't exist. I can't help you. Go away. You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm not incompetent. You're crazy. So just telling you guys, this is a horrible process to go through if you are drug-resistant epilepsy, you really need to find a better mentor. And I really hope that I can be that for you. Because after all this crap and abuse from my fellow advocates that don't realize that if they are being controlled by drugs, that the epileptic to the left or the epileptic to the right of them is not so lucky. We are just lucky to still be alive we are lucky to be getting food in our mouth. We're lucky to be breathing every day and to wake up, not suffering from up. you know, sudden unexpected death and epilepsy is a serious, serious problem everybody's concerned about with uncontrolled seizures. You're going to bed having seizures. We can't die in our sleep. This is a common occurrence. It happens approximately one out of a thousand of us all the time, we're dying. I'm in that range. Because I am, you know, one out of 832 of us are photosensitive. That's about the same. One in 1,000 is the roundup that they use. They don't give you exact. They round round it. We need to take care of ourselves. This is the only real answer. And my real answer to all this crap, and all the forced drugs, and all the problems that have been going on is, I am gonna form with my fellow advocates that are also drug resistant and believe in self-care, that have had surgeries, that do drugs, that know that the best and only way to take care of themselves and manage their seizures and triggers is self-care. We are gonna introduce the Drug-Free Epilepsy Foundation. This is gonna help the one third of you that struggle like me Dealing with these doctors and these drugs and the abuse and no problems for them because they're not the ones taking the drugs. They're just moving on to the next number, the next paycheck, the next insurance bill, the next way they can go on a vacation, the next chance they have to screw somebody else over and not be accountable for it because there's no accountability for when they kill us off with drugs, when they make us feel horrible or the way they talk to us. Seriously, I want to offer you something that supports and brings love into your life, brings you the passion, brings you back everything that's been taken away from these monsters that just rule your world and destroy your environment. So please, please, please take care of yourself. You really, really need to understand that the doctors don't have all the answers, that they can help. Two out of three of you and one out of three of us have to work on self-care or we're gonna die. You can't figure out how to eat right. You can't figure out how to sleep right. You can't figure out how to breathe right. Your chances of surviving go down. And I don't want that for you because I'm sorry that nobody gave you the tools to do this yet. You know, it's not easy. This is hard hard going through this. And you need answers. You don't need more problems. So, let me know what you're struggling with. We're going to get you answers. And we're going to form a group and we're going to we're going to save all of us. We're going to save all of us as best as we can. I need you guys to join me and help. Come on, let's save lives. Be part of the Drug-Free Epilepsy Foundation. Please contact me advocate at myersgrid.com if you would like to join and participate in forming this amazing new opportunity to save lives. The importance of breathing good. This helps lower your fight or flight syndrome when you're all stressing out and freaking out. Like you just need to do some belly breathing and get the diaphragm stretched out because after a seizure often you feel tense and paralyzed. and Reconnecting with your breath helps you reconnect with your body and helps you connect with the present moment so you're no longer trapped in the other place that you can't get out of. Breath work is very, very important. Um, You really need to be doing belly breathing. It's really easy to do belly breathing. You just place your hands over your stomach and you breathe in and you feel your stomach come out. When you breathe out, you feel your stomach come in. If you're not feeling this, you need to work on lowering and relaxing your muscles and your solar plexus area or your upper abdomen between your ribs so that you're able to move your belly button. Because what you want to be feeling is right where your belly button, right behind there, where that's coming out and coming in with your breath and rhythm. So what happens is your stomach comes out, your diaphragm is coming down, and this allows you to get the full use of your lungs so you're able to properly oxidate which means all the oxygen goes into your blood and your brain and it also helps flush out the oxygen and carbon dioxide and the reverse so that you're releasing all the toxins that are produced by the breath and processed in the lungs that aren't absorbed so you aren't toxic so what happens is if you're not breathing right these aren't being released, and you have a buildup of things in your lungs that just make you worse. You really need to strengthen them and work on this. Breath health, breathe good. Eating good is very important in the process of maintaining health. You need to make sure that you have the energy to be able to survive and go through the day without your body destroying itself. The purpose of breakfast is so that you have the energy that you need. So your brain doesn't have to stress out. So your body doesn't have to figure out how do I survive? Because that is when it starts eating itself and you are going to start having seizures. You do not want to be in this point where you are starving. Your brain does not like it. Your body doesn't like it. You need to maintain optimal health, and that means eating regularly, eating the right things, avoiding simple sugars there's amount of sugar that you should have in your diet because the brain does require sugars in order to run if you understand this uh, as a diabetic they have uh, issues where they're creating uh, the sugar is not going to their brain insulin or whatever is not being produced properly to allow the brain to get the sugar so it starts literally starving and the body is starving itself. So you're kind of inducing something like this in yourself when you go into a hypoglycemic state. So that means when your blood sugar is low, your body starts eating itself. You start working away usually at muscle uh, before you do your fat. It's the easier thing to burn unless you're actually doing exercises and then you start burning fat. So that's some issues about why you have certain diets like the keto or the Atkins or whatever that they're almost right, but you need to balance them out and realize that eating comes in phases. Food grows throughout the seasons, and you need to change your food according to the seasons as well as according to your health. You need to address Chemicals that are in the foods that cause seizures, like red number 40, you will find very commonly in drinks, is highly associated with seizures. I personally tested this theory out October 24th, 2017. I sat in my room drinking that delicious fruit punch Gatorade. Uh, no, it's Powerade. Sorry, it's got the extra B vitamins in it. I like that one actually had it recommended to me by a neurologist, but that was literally giving me seizures. That was the only thing that I had done different that day, and I literally just sat there having seizures drinking that all day. So you really need to realize chemicals and food triggers. Eat well. Sleeping good. You really need to sleep good. Sleep is when your brain heals, but the problem is when we're trying to sleep and we're having seizures, it's really hard for our brain to heal. There's a lot of reasons why many of us are having seizures when we go to bed. And oftentimes people have been, and myself guilty, staring at their phones too long, watching TV shows too long, staying up too late, watching the TV too late too many times. Seriously, if you need to sleep, you need to sleep. There's no if. Sleep. If you're tired, you should take a nap. But really, you need some routine in your life. So optimally, we get up at the same time every day, whether we're tired or not. And we try to function. And then we take a nap when we need it. And then we try to go to bed at the same time. And then we try to get up the next day at the same time. And then this is a routine. that Your body and your brain really start to appreciate. And you'll notice that you When you stick to this routine of going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time, your brain adapts very well. You've got more energy in the morning. You can think, you're clear headed, and you're focused. I also highly recommend sleeping, sitting upright. If you're dealing with night seizures, you don't want to be laying down. One of the reasons is, if you ever study anything about head traumas, You don't lay the person flat, so you're kind of dealing with a uh, head trauma, and you really need to have your head elevated. This allows for the lymph to naturally drain out of your brain. Lymph is the detox uh, part of your brain. It's how your brain detoxes everything that's going on in there because you have a blood brain barrier that prevents the blood to be doing it for you. It helps Protect your brain from things that are in the blood that could make it sick, as well as preventing things from getting out that are in there. So if something's in there, it's a little harder to get back out. There are certain things that are used to help facilitate this function, but we are not discussing that right now. We're discussing sleep. I'm sure discussing that right now would put you to sleep because I've got a lot of information on that one, too. So if you want to go to sleep, I can keep talking about that one forever. But what I really want you to do is start turning your TV and phone off about an hour before it's time to go to bed. This will be all the difference. Make a huge difference. Start thinking about what it is you need to get done the next day. Write it down. That way, when you get up the next day, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to be panicked. You just look down and you're like, oh, this is what I have to do today this is called planning for tomorrow. Planning for tomorrow helps you sleep because then you're not thinking about everything that you need to get done. You're thinking about how you're going to get it all done and how great you're going to feel when you get it all done. So again, please figure out ways to sleep. I highly recommend earplugs, eye masks, and finding a location that doesn't cause problems, but sometimes you live next to the freeway. Sometimes you just happen to be in that apartment where you hear the neighbors fighting at three o'clock in the morning every single night, and that's where you need to find ways to protect yourself. Like I said, earplugs, eye masks. These are great, great, highly recommended. It's not just myself. I discovered these myself, but also if you know I know about Craig Ballantyne, He's a uh, he does the you know, perfect morning formula. He also does the unstoppable book. It's about anxiety for entrepreneurs. And he talks about in this perfect Mornings is the same thing. You just need to make sure that you're going through the process of setting your team, holding yourself accountable, planning for your future, instead of leaving your future to be unplanned because you will never get anywhere without a plan. So we need to work on your sleep. You need to make sure you're resting. Doing the right things. Let's talk about sleep good. You are being brainwashed, and it's a good thing. Most of the time, you're like, No, I'm not being brainwashed. This TV is not making me believe everything the news is telling me. I'm not really being brainwashed into freaking out. No, the news isn't doing that. Um, sorry to tell you, that's the bad brainwashing that's going on during the day, and you're doing that one to yourself. So the brainwashing I'm talking about is the one that's going on at night that you're not doing to yourself, but you are. So subconsciously, your body has to do all these things while you're asleep. You don't even have to be aware of it. It's amazing, like breathing. You don't have to think about breathing most of the time. You just do it until you feel all tense and you start thinking about it and you can't breathe anymore. So you just relax and your body knows how to do it all. It's amazing. So back to brainwashing. That's Get your brainwashed and figure out why. So in the process of sleep at the night, you have a flow kind of back and forth, like a washer, dishwasher, the washing machine, your clothes, your brain is being rinsed with blood on one tide. And then it shifts and you have cerebral fluid and lymph that comes in and flushes the other. So it's like soap and water constantly rolling back and forth in your brain so you're getting a nice soothing effect so it helps heal the stress and the trauma through the day and it helps facilitate the neurons firing better because they're not in a hyperactive state it helps relieve you from all the problems that you're having because for the most part sleep is when you heal and if you're able to get your brain to relax and heal It can tell your body what it needs to do, especially when you're combining it with the right foods and breathing properly, instead of just going around tense, angry, depressed, frustrated. And this is very normal and common for the crap that we're going through. So you just gotta work on it and realize that these emotions are something to accept. That we want brainwashed into accepting our problems, that it's just another thing, it just happened again, oh well, it's not as big a deal as we make it out to be, but it is, because we can die at any one of these, so you really need to make sure that you're breathing good, that you're eating good, and you're sleeping good, so that your brain can get washed, so that you can think clear, so you can plan for your better future. So you can plan for good days. You can plan for good sleep. There are a lot of cults in the epilepsy world. Everybody believes that what works for them will work for everyone else. And they don't understand. It's not like that. One of these cults is the medical cannabis and the CBD cult. So yes, these things can help with lots of people. But internally, when people are smoking them, they can also give us seizures I personally cannot smoke very many strains of marijuana because the THC levels are too high, the terpenes, the cannabinoids, whatever. It's not the right level of what my brain likes and I will have seizures from smoking marijuana. It is not fun. I'm not the only one, many of the people I talk to that are interested in being drug-free epileptics experience the same thing. And we're not saying we wanna, we don't wanna be high. We're not trying to destroy our brain. We're not trying to, whatever. You know, if it works for you, it works for you. Congratulations, but don't push. Don't tell everybody they have to do what you do because we're not all the same. We need to make sure we take care of ourselves with self-care because smoking pot and hemp and all that is still just another Band-Aid. It's just another coping mechanism to prevent us or even to help us while we're trying to learn the skills that we need to be able to function without it. And I'm trying to get back to that state myself. I have been at that state, but I don't know how to manage my stress when I'm going crazy with seizures and I don't have the normal support that I like. So life is getting a little better, Um, still always ups and downs, I mean, again, last week was unreal, and one of my issues is the pot I have right now, I was not able to grow the way I normally would have, and it's a little low on some nutrients, so it's a little CBD low right now, and it's not really helping me out the way that I like, so again, what do I do? I just work on my stress, my meditations, try not To do too many things that are hurting me, but I don't know what else to do to get comments and get information out into everybody else's hands. I've been struggling so hard just to do this on social media, trying to hurt myself with the reading epilepsy, just to reach out and find out what people need. It's really difficult doing this all by myself. But I will continue doing this, and we will build a team together. I already have a few people I'm talking to right now that I've agreed to help and starting on Monday. I'm really excited to hopefully have a plan going and a process going to help you all. Please take care of yourself. I love you all. Be well.